welcome back to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview accomplished and innovative early career professionals and small business owners. With me today is Adele Foster, and she is the founder and owner of Foster Handmade. Through Foster Handmade, Adele sells handcrafted self-care products such as soap, skincare, and candles. These products will help you take care of yourself, and by doing so, you'll have the tools you need to thrive in every other area of your life. You can find Foster Handmade on Instagram and through their website, which is foster-handmade.com. Before we dive into Adele's interview, I'd appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also listen to Virtual Coffee on a variety of podcast apps such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and you can find Virtual Coffee on social media on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you for your support and happy listening. Now let's dive into Adele's journey. Welcome, Adele. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into your story. So with that, I'd first love to hear everything about Foster Handmade. Can you walk us through the journey from when you first had the idea for Foster Handmade to where you are at now with the business? Yeah, absolutely. So a little background about me. I currently live in Erie, Colorado with my husband and our great Dane and our kitty cat. And he's in the military. He travels a lot, things like that. And so about three and a half years ago, I was working for my parents for their real estate company, but I was actually currently at that time in a job search looking for something where I could work from home. And my husband was also getting ready to leave for about a month and a half long trip with the military. So I was kind of looking for hobbies that I could do on my own, things that I could do from home to kind of keep me entertained since we don't have kids. And I'm, you know, I would be a lot more isolated working from home. So I love taking baths. I love self-care routines. And I was looking at maybe doing bath bombs, making bath bombs for myself. And that's really where it all started is I started kind of playing around with bath bombs and and doing a lot of like YouTube research and things like that, trying to find really cool recipes that I could try. Turns out I'm not good at making bath bombs. Every single one of them flopped. <laughs> they didn't do all the cool stuff that like the lush bath bombs do where they spin and they float and all of that. So, right. but in doing all of my YouTube research, I actually discovered a woman called the Soap Queen on YouTube and she owns the company where I actually get all of my, or not all of my supplies, but a lot of my supplies for my business now. And she had a YouTube channel where she chatted about different recipes and things like that for bath bombs. But then she also had some soap making recipes and videos. And and I kind of went into this rabbit hole on YouTube as I want to do with pretty much anything, but she had so many videos about how to make cold process soap which is just the process of mixing raw oils, like vegetable type oils, olive oil, stuff like that, with a lye water solution. And it's just a really satisfying, if you've never watched it, I highly recommend doing it. It's a very satisfying process to watch because you take these two kind of clear liquids and they turn into almost like a pudding-like texture. So it's just really satisfying to watch. It's really fun to see how people, like all the different designs people create and things like that. So I got really into soap making just as kind of a fun hobby. 
And then I had so much soap, my family members told me I should start selling it at markets and things like that, which I did that for a little while. And then my business actually started a little over a year and a half ago when I actually lost my job, which is the least fun part of the process. (laughs) I lost my job on a Friday afternoon right before the weekend. And it was about a week before my birthday. And it was so it was very sudden. I was not given any notice or anything like that. And it was kind of a shock for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not someone who has ever left a job on bad terms. I've always left in a really good standing with really good, you know, recommendations and things like that. But I had been so unhappy in that job that I think it kind of shined through. And I think I was so unhappy because I'd always known I wanted to do something creative where I was just kind of blossoming as a human being and being able to be creative and be challenged and really express myself through my work and things like that. And the job that I was working at the time was just not that kind of job. It was very much like a data entry, very isolated job where I was by myself. I wasn't really talking to people that much during the day. Um, It was just not a great situation for me. And so losing my job that, that night was actually probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And it's weird to say that because at the time I was very upset, but I had given myself essentially that weekend I said, I'm going to give myself this weekend to process Mm -hmm. and then I'm not going to be a victim and I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to figure something out that actually makes me happy. And so by Monday morning, I had a part-time job working in a creative company, kind of one of those paint and sip type places. And then I had just decided I'm going to, this is the year for me to take the leap. Last year, my husband deployed for about seven months to Afghanistan. And so I knew I was going to be by myself and have a lot of free time to dedicate to my business and things like that. So I basically just jumped right in. Um, I started, I did a market once a month, every month last year from, I believe, March through the end of the year, December. I was planning on doing the same thing this year, but then of course COVID-19 hit. (laughs) But yeah, I did markets. I did markets at least once a month, every month last year. I really, I started off on Etsy and then moved my business to Shopify. And yeah, and that's kind of where we're at now is just working the grind and and building things up. Way to take control of such a crappy situation, right? Of losing a job and giving yourself that space to process, but then immediately bouncing back and saying, I'm going to take control of this situation and I'm going to find a path that works for me. And you did just that. That's such an incredible story. Speaking to people on this podcast, I've heard that story a few times where some, some bad situation happens, but they've turned that into an opportunity. And that's exactly what you've done here. I think that's just so incredible the way people can bounce back. And if you just decide you want to do something and just do it, you never know what that can turn into. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you. It's interesting to be in that situation because like I said, I'd never, I'd never left a position like that before. It had mm-hmm. always been on really good terms with wonderful reviews and and references and things like that. And then to leave and have your bosses say some pretty, pretty awful things about you Mm -hmm. and your character human being when you leave. It's, it's, it can be kind of like a quicksand, you know, you can get sucked into that negativity really quick if you don't pick yourself back up. And I knew that I didn't want, I'd already been in that kind of negative space so long in that position because I, I was there for about two and a half years and, or two years somewhere around there. And I just didn't want that to be my life anymore. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be doing something that I felt was contributing to the world and the positive, you know, mental health and everything around me. You know, I wanted to positively affect the people in my life. So 
Yeah, no, and you're, you're doing just that. And I want to hear more about the specific products you sell and really your mission behind the business as well. I know you mentioned soaps, bath bombs didn't work out, but what are some <laughs> more of the, the products that you sell and the mission that aligns to? Yeah, um, so I do sell self-care products. I sell um, handcrafted soaps that are vegan. I sell um, beeswax lotion bars, which are like, I get a lot of questions about my lotion bars. They're a solid lotion that melt at skin temperature. So they come in wow. kind of like a little puck form and you just kind of rub them on wherever you want to. But I, I don't recommend face because it might cause a breakout, but I use them on my heels, my knees, my shins, my hands, pretty much anywhere. Um, and they melt at skin temperature and they're just really moisturizing. I sell bath salts. I sell soy wood wick candles and I sell beard oil. So that's what I've got right now in stock. And my mission with all of this is really just to remind people that it's okay to take time for yourself and to really nurture yourself because I personally have struggled with mental health issues my entire life, um, anxiety, depression. And when I'm not, I find that when I'm not taking time for myself and really nurturing myself mentally and physically, that's when those mental health issues really kind of struggle. And I'm not saying that... <laughs> I obviously don't believe that a bath is going to save the world, but I do <laughs> the, the, the simple idea behind taking a little bit of time to yourself every day to just remind yourself that you're worthy of love and care and nurturing. It really allows you to show up as your best self, both in work and in your personal life. And, um, and, and I do think it helps with mental health. Um, I think it helps to kind of take a step back and realize that sometimes the problems that we, or the things that we're feeling anxious about, maybe they're not as, as big or they don't have to be necessarily as heavy as we're making them. And that it can be good and like a really nice break from that frustration and that darkness to just kind of step back, you know, take some time for yourself, nurture yourself a little bit. And then I think you come back to that situation and you have more tools in your belt to kind of be able to face it and, and figure out a way to manage those stressors in life. Yeah, it's such a great reminder, especially in the, the world that we're living in now. And I was just talking with my husband actually right before this, that we feel we just need a break. Like we've just been going, 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 and the weekends aren't really normal weekends anymore because we can't really do anything. And such a great reminder to just take that time for yourself. And me personally, a, a bath, really does help with that. It's it's kind of me time. And especially if you can add some beautiful products that you make to it, it just creates a, a calming environment. You can just kind of take some time for yourself. That's a wonderful mission. Thank you. And where do you uh, ship your products? I ship my products um, actually internationally just this last yeah, two weeks ago. I just made my first international shipment, which was really exciting. I sent a package out to the Netherlands. So Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, for sure. So it seems that I don't believe you had any experience running a business prior to founding Foster Handmade. Is that correct? That is correct. I never personally ran a small business before starting Foster Handmade, but my family kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit. My mm -hmm. mom was a stay-at-home mom. I have four siblings, so there's five of us, and she was a stay-at-home mom for for a beat. And she did a lot of different stuff. She wove baskets and sold them to like gift basket companies. And she sold them at craft fairs and stuff like that. 
She did kind of an MLM style skincare company for a bit. She sold greeting cards. So she did a lot of that when I was really young. And then more recently, she and my dad created, built from the ground up, a actually quite successful family-owned real estate company. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I worked for them for about 10 years. So I actually got to watch that whole process of them, you know, kind of getting the business started and the steps that they took to get where they are now. Um, and they're actually one of the top real estate companies in the area. So that was kind of, that was very, very beneficial for me in starting my own business. Oh, that's awesome. Being able to take inspiration from family and learn those lessons, even at a young age. That's awesome. That's such a great opportunity. Very cool. Yeah. So what advice do you have for those wanting to start a small business who maybe they have an idea, but don't know how to start a small business or still need to work their nine to five job, you know, to pay the bills, but want to pursue their passions? Just what advice comes to mind? Oh, so much advice. Um, (laughs) The first thing I would say is you don't have to do it all at once. Um, You can start with one product. Um, you can start small by selling locally at craft fairs or, or if it's, you know, not necessarily a product, if it's a service, you can start just doing it on the side, working, you know, small amounts, little chunks here and there. And then as you start to gain momentum in those little chunks, I do think that there's going to be an overlap where you might be working your nine to five job and then your side gig gets, you know, enough traction that it starts mm-hmm. to be successful and it might be a lot to handle in that moment, but at some point you just kind of have to take the leap. I was very fortunate fortunate in the fact that my husband has a study job for the government and he mm-hmm. gets a study back and things like that. So the year that I started my business, he was actually making more money because he was deployed. So it was tax-free and things like that. But even so, just taking that leap and having the faith in yourself to kind of take one step at a time. As I said, you don't have to do everything at once. I started by trying to have too many different products. Products. I started with all of the products that I offer now. <laughs> um, I pretty much started with all of that from the very get-go. And that was a lot to swallow. And mm-hmm. thankfully, thankfully, I had a lot of time on my hands. But you don't have to do that. You can start with, you know, if I was starting over again, I might just start with soap and start with a couple different scents. And then as I start to gain traction there, add in some more scents or different recipes. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it doesn't have, you don't have to have super sophisticated packaging or marketing or whatever from the very beginning either. I mean, it's, it's something that you can kind of take day by day. I also think it's really important to surround yourself with other small business owners, other people, whether they're in the same field as you or not. Um, I have one of my very good friends that I actually go for a walk with once a week is she lives in my neighborhood and she did my engagement photos and wedding photos. And she, she and I talk about business all the time. And I'm, I'm friends with my graphic designers and I'm friends with one of my good friends is a, a midwife and she wants to do postpartum doula work. And so there's a lot of different people that you can kind of surround yourself with, whether they're service or product-based businesses and just having that support system because starting a business is very, it can be very lonely and there's also a lot of challenges that come with it. So being able to, first of all, realize you're not alone, that there's a lot of other small businesses probably very close to you that also need that kind of support. I, I just think that can be super, super beneficial. And just knowing that if someone has an issue, you can help lift them up as well. And it kind of creates this community over competition feeling. I'm actually friends with a lot of soap makers as well. And it's just really nice to know. I have a very good friend that lives in New York that owns a soap making company. And 
neither of us are afraid that we're going to take business away from each other. So it's really helpful to be able to talk to her about her problems and for her to talk to me about my problems and to talk through things like rebranding and our packaging and struggling with, um, there are some people on the internet who will steal your content and mm. <laughs> post it own and things like that. So being able to kind of talk through some of those small business problems and not get sucked into that feeling of not being worthy and not being enough, it allows other people to kind of offer their perspective. So community and starting small, those are my two big points that I think I would share. And these pieces of advice, I think, apply to anyone pursuing any passion. I think these are great pieces of advice, and I really relate to them as well, especially the you don't have to do it all at once. Because when you're starting something new, oh my gosh, there's so much to do and so many avenues you can pursue and perfect and keep improving on. But just take it one step at a time. Like you're saying, don't start with all the products, maybe start with one or, you know, pick one thing to improve on each week or each month and just slowly build it up, um, especially if if you have a, you know, your corporate job and this is a at first a side hustle. And then at some point, you just have to take the leap, completely agree. And also surrounding yourself with other business owners. I've also found that so helpful uh, with this podcast as well. It's I've just realized it's not a competition, right? Everyone just wants to support each other and send each other reviews and follow each other on Instagram. And you can really find that community to dive into, which also I, from my perspective, fuels my passion even more. It makes me motivated to want to be better with the podcast and post more as, as I'm sure it would for any small business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, you know, having, having other people to kind of use as inspiration and Mm -hmm. obviously I don't condone copying people's content, but but being able to look at what other people are doing and say, wow, like she's really killing it on Instagram. Like that's going to push me to step up my game. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another part of the community too, is that it it pushes you to be better. And it also pushes you to not fall into, because that, you know, there's a lot with small owning a small business that can be disheartening. So for example, if, you know, for me, I had a month where I didn't really make that many sales and I was starting to wonder if I'm even good at this, you know, mm-hmm. and then sure enough, I talked to a friend of mine. We had a really good talk about it. She was like, you know, business ebbs and flows. It's going to come back. You're not doing anything wrong. You're worthy. You can do this, all of those things. And then next thing I know, my business picked back up again. And it's just, it helps to have that little boost of confidence talking to people who have faith in you and who've been there. And then also just, again, being able to kind of glean inspiration from those around you and being able to kind of see what other people are doing and improving on some of those ideas yourself and and kind of implementing some of that for your business as well. Completely agree. And it's really that balance of staying true to your brand and your mission, but also pulling that inspiration from others, right? It's that that balance. So you're not just stealing each other's ideas like you were saying, right. um, but you're staying true to your brand, but just taking inspiration from others. Yeah, completely agree. So where are you hoping to take Foster Handmade? What are your goals for the business? Um, so my big dream that's kind of keeping me going right now is I just love the the idea one of my favorite things to do I'm one of these people but I love to walk through it <laughs> and just walk the aisles and look at all of the like decor and all the product like I, even if I don't buy anything I just really love walking the aisles at Target mm-hmm. so that is my big vision right now is just envisioning my stuff on the shelves at, at Target in like the Magnolia <laughs> section of the store but I also am my big focus right now is 
really trying to get my products into some local stores and things like that. Cause I love supporting local. Um, I think it's really cool to be able to see what people around you and your community are doing with their businesses. Um, and then I would love to just be a part of that. I would love to, to find businesses that um, work well with my brand and that appreciate my brand and whose brand I appreciate and kind of create that business connection where we can, I can see my products on their shelves and I can promote their businesses as well. And mm -hmm. that that's kind of my main goal right now. Awesome. Yeah. And from a consumer perspective, there's just something about supporting a local business, right? Like I much rather buy from a local shop, local artists, local small business owners than from a, a big you know, box store or something. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I wish you the best of luck in that. Um, hope to see, hope to see your, your products in stores. That'd be awesome. We talked about Foster Handmaid's future. I'm curious where you see your personal future. It seems for now you do want to focus solely on Foster Handmaid. Is that true? Or do you see yourself expanding into other opportunities? You know, for right now, Foster Handmaid is my focus, um, mm -hmm. especially since it's still such a young company. Um, I still think there's a lot of potential with the business. Maybe at some point I would consider selling the business and, and moving on to something else. But for right now, I still get a lot of joy out of doing what I do. And um, it's still plenty challenging to keep me busy and keep me on my toes. I do, my husband and I have been talking about starting a family and things like that at some point. Mm -hmm. So I would love to be able to be a family, a family person. Um, because I grew up, as I mentioned, I have four siblings and my parents and we all live within 30 minutes of each other. So, um, which I think is pretty rare for such a big family, but <laughs> we're all very close knit. We hang out, you know, when it's not COVID-19, we usually hang out at least like once a month, but typically more than that. And I would love to be able to create something similar with my family. I'd love to be able to have a really close knit tight family. And I'd love to be um, not necessarily a stay at home mom, but I do want to have an active part in my, my future kid's life. And so I, I want to be able to have the flexibility. And that was part of why I liked the idea of starting my own business is being able to have the flexibility to run the business as I need to and want to, um, and still be able to dedicate my time, my free time to family and the important things in life. Yeah. Excellent. It seems, yeah. Foster handmaids, the focus for now, you know, your, your goals for that and who knows what other opportunities may arise, or if you do start a family soon, you know, what, how you'll want to change uh, your focus, but yeah, foster, foster handmaids seems seems like it has so much potential and I'm just really excited to see how it grows. Thank you. Yeah. So between running a business, you know, having a husband and family close by and pursuing your other hobbies, potentially wanting to start a family, what are your top three best practices for balancing all of that? So specifically for balancing work and life. I don't know if I'm the best at this. Um, <laughs> I try. The first thing I would say is try to keep your work separate from home in the sense that if you can have a room that's your office and just kind of have a ritual for opening your office and kind of starting your day and doing the things that you need to do in your office, kind of like you would if you owned a storefront, you would go in, you would flip the open sign, like sweep or like turn on the cash register or whatever you have to do. And then at the end of the day, same thing, you flip the close sign, you close the door, you lock the door. So for me, I have an office upstairs where I can kind of close the door on all of my stuff. I do own a manufacturing business 
that is based out of a townhome right now. So mm. <laughs> that's kind of overflowed into other spots in my house. The goal for me is to eventually have a bigger home where we can, um, I can have a space in the, like in the basement or something like that, where I really can fully close the doors on that. I try to do as best I can. Like I have a cabinet where I keep some of my manufacturing stuff and I have my office upstairs, but then I do like, I'll get big shipments from Amazon and my suppliers and I'll have boxes in the kitchen for a while. So um, if you can do your best to kind of close the doors on that office space and, and keep that work life kind of separate from your home life. If you work from home, if you don't work from home, you're already one step ahead of me. (laughs) Um, And then I would also say, just have your specific work hours and, and just be really diligent about kind of shutting things off at the end of the day. I'm really bad about this. Um, and I, I am trying to be better, but I constantly get messages on Instagram at like 10 o'clock at night from people saying, Hey, this looks like it's out of stock. Mm-hmm. Um, when's it going to be back in stock or, Hey, I really liked this scent. Do you have something else you'd recommend? And so, you know, at 10 o'clock, I'm responding to these Instagram messages instead of just responding first thing in the morning, because in my mind, I kind of get in my head and think, Oh, I might lose that sale if I don't respond right mm-hmm. away. But at the end of the day, if someone's really serious about trying your products, they're not going to give up on you if you don't respond until the next morning. So I think just being really serious about setting those set hours of like, I work between, you know, eight and six or eight and five or something like that. And then really honoring that time. um, I think that's really important as well. And then I guess the last thing that I would say is that the time that you do spend with your family or doing something that you're passionate about, like if you're really into running, I personally am not a runner, but if you're really, <laughs> really spend that time, leave your cell phone at home or, or at least, you know, put it on do not disturb or something like that. So you're not getting text message notifications while you're trying to focus on this thing that you're very passionate about. And it's the same thing with, for me, for example, spending time with my husband because he works, he gets up very early in the morning um, and he gets home usually <laughs> He, he's not supposed to work this long, but he loves his job. So he does what he can. So he gets up at like 4.30 in the morning and leaves while I'm still sleeping. And then when he gets home, it's typically about six o'clock at night. Oh, wow. And he does this most days of the week. And so when he gets home, it's really important for me to put my phone away and to have time with him that is more focused time. And it's not just sitting on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, playing games on your phone or watching YouTube videos or doing whatever that might be. I think it's really important to focus that time in a very dedicated way to being with your person and giving them the attention that they need and making sure they do the same. Because again, my husband works all day, so he gets home and sometimes he wants to just get on Reddit and read stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of zones out for a while and, and it's kind of, you know, it's a reminder to both of us. We both have to kind of stay on top of each other to say like, we need to be spending quality time together. Like let's play a card game or let's sit down and have dinner or something like that, where we're actually spending quality time together and it's not getting, you know, sucked up with screen time or whatever it might be. Yeah. I really relate to that last one. You know, sometimes even myself, like I'm just so tired after work. I just want to sit on my phone for three hours and then go to bed. But then that's time wasted that I can spend with my husband in the evening because I work all day. I don't see him. Yeah. That's, that's great. A great best practice. I also loved the uh, comparison of flipping the open and closed sign. That's such a great mental image to have that I'm definitely going to use in the future. And on Monday, when I when I go back to work, 
No, I love that because I've been struggling with that lately, actually, because I don't have a at home office because I'm supposed to be in the office, but we've been working home lately. So I've just been using our, you know, one of our tables in the kitchen, which is fine. But the struggle is, is that that computer, I can always see it always, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in the living room, that computer is right there. So it's really hard to switch off of work. But I I just love that mental image of, okay, close sign is up, you know, we are not working anymore. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's even something too, where it's, you know, just looking at something that reminds you of your mm-hmm. job immediately gets you thinking about problems at work or things you should be working on or emails you didn't get to respond to before the end of the day. Or so it's even just that, that slight, like subconscious message of, oh, there's stuff you should be doing. Um, that can be really hard, especially if you work from home or, you know, right now, COVID, if you're not used to working from home and you kind of got thrust into it, um, it's not a small adjustment. It's a pretty big adjustment to work from home. So I think, I think that's really important. If you, if you can try to find a way to, you know, shut the door on work for the day, put your computer away or do whatever you can do um, so that you're not just getting those kind of subconscious messages of, oh, there's all this stuff that I should have been doing that I haven't done Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah, completely agree. Because with no matter what job you have, whether you're running a small business, have a corporate job, I truly believe that you could always be working. There's always something to do. And you just need to decide when it's time to just stop and enjoy you time and enjoy time with your family and your friends. And because there is always going to be something on that to do list. Uh, You just got to at some point stop and say, okay, that's for the next day. That's for Monday. And right now I'm going to focus on me. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So my last big question for you, Adele, is in this moment, this very moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, this of course can be related to foster handmade or not at all. It can be from 10 years ago or from 30 seconds ago. Right now, what is your proudest accomplishment? I would say foster handmade in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason for that is it's just caused me to grow in so many ways that I didn't realize I was capable of at the time. I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I decided to start this business. Um, And it's no small feat to start a business, even if it's a very small business and you feel like, you know, you only make 10 sales a month. That's still a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. And it's, it's, there's so much that goes to it. I mean, I'm, I'm an absolute introvert. I do not, I like meeting people. I like talking to people, but when I'm done, I kind of need to be like by myself in Mm -hmm. my little coziness for a while (laughs) to kind of recover from that. And so going to markets, like last year I did a three hour, three or four hour market every single, once a month, every single month. And I would get home from those markets and just like lay down on the couch and like zone out for a while Mm -hmm. because from the mental and physical toll that it took on me being around people that much. So that, that's been huge. And I am not a numbers person. So dealing with, you know, the accounting and taxes and trying to figure all of that out, I am, that is not the way my brain works. And so that's been a huge accomplishment. And just even the fact that I know what a profit and loss statement is now, (laughs) Um, there's, there's so much stuff that comes with owning a business and running a business that is just really pushes your boundaries and it really causes you to reevaluate who you are and it makes you grow as a person and it makes you try things that are scary, like going to networking events. If you're an introvert, networking events, I do not thrive there, but I've done several of them because it gets you to create a 
community around yourself. And um, there's just so much stuff that I've done with my business that it's absolutely my biggest accomplishment. It's just totally changed me as a person. And I'm so much more confident in who I am and my capabilities um, just in starting my business. And there have definitely been hardships along the way and struggles and challenges, but it's been the most rewarding experience of my life. Well, congratulations on on founding Foster Handmade and all the success you've had with it. It was so lovely to hear your story and your advice and your perspectives today. And I highly encourage anyone listening to check out Foster Handmade and their products. Not only can you, you know, use these products and make yourself feel better, but I think they are absolutely beautiful and belong at the front and center of, of your bathroom or, or whatever room in your house. And they're definitely not products that you just put in the closet and bring out, you know, every other week. I think they're, they're beautiful. And where can people find you in Foster Handmade on social media? And what's your uh, Shopify link? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Foster Handmade, just one word. And then I'm also, you can find me at foster-handmade.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Adele, for for being here today and sharing your story. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed chatting with you.